I'm Lindsay with Wild Root Flower Company. And I'm Shannon from Bloom Hill Farm. Over the last six years, we've leaned on each other as we grew our farms into the profitable six-figure farms they are today. We want you to join us each week as we have real, honest conversations about life and business. And we promise you'll leave feeling inspired and your farming toolbox will be filled with actionable strategies you can implement at any stage in your business. Learn from our mistakes as we talk business, marketing, and growing techniques to help you create the farm of your dreams. So let's roll up our sleeves and get the dirt on flowers. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of The Dirt on Flowers. I'm Lindsay and I just love our intro song. <laughs> I, we always so pop we, in our head. We are. We're always like dancing <laughs> on the other side. Fun fact, our um, episode, the song to our episode is called Happy Growth, which Aww, is just like, is so perfect. Fitting, so fitting. I love it. Um, I just, it's a, it does. It makes me happy. So I hope you feel the same when you're listening to it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, let's get the get our like pumped up, ready to ready to get our podcasting on. Um, I'm super excited about today's episode because I feel like this episode, and we're probably going to have several more of this type, um, but it's sort of like the premise of what we wanted to mm-hmm. do with the podcast. Yes, you know, and so. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about the thing that mm-hmm. nobody talks about, right? Yes. Insert whatever the thing is. Like, so no one talks about this when flower farming, you know, mm-hmm. when starting a farm. Um, and there's so many of those types of topics. And I think that's really, Shan, what's like driven us to share yes. with you. Um, mm-hmm. It's like, get those questions answered that I wanted answers for. Yes, that we desperately I- needed. Yeah. Give me the well, Kool-Aid, man. Yeah. I'll drink it. <laughs> I mean, we, I feel like these yeah. are the things that you and I always talk to each other about. You yeah. know, we're like, For sure. oh my gosh, can you, can you believe my what my payroll was this time? You know, oh. having like <laughs> those freak outs. Is yeah. this normal? <laughs> this is, cannot be right. <laughs> There's a glitch <laughs> in the system. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like but, you go out and your eyes your eyes twitching and it's like <laughs> the only person that's going to understand is your farmer friend. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I know. There's- and there's so many forums out there for flower farmings, but to ask like mm-hmm. all the growing related questions. So I know these are the things like that I wanted to ask so bad and I was just trying to figure it out and I just needed some guidance. But the mm-hmm. hard answer is, is that it comes back, <laughs> it comes back to you. You know, so um, I think this is such a good topic and it's exactly, I mean, we always said with the podcast, we want to be what we needed for Mm -hmm. five years ago. Um, And I really think this pod, this particular episode, you're going to find a lot of value in. Mm -hmm, For sure. And I, it's like, I say, give me the Kool-Aid. It's like, (laughs) it's really disheartening when somebody's like, you gotta do, it's you. You have yeah. to do the work. So just we're gonna just throw the wet blanket down now. Yep. Okay. Just know <laughs> that this we there is no magic pill. Mm-hmm. Um we could give you some Kool-Aid, but totally. it's not gonna fix everything. But no. what we can do and what we commit to doing to you is giving you honest feedback and mm-hmm. giving you the tools to help you kind of make those decisions. So we're still gonna talk about these like taboo topics. So what are these taboo topics? Mm -hmm. We actually threw this out to you, put it up on um, Instagram. And um, you guys gave us some really like 
heartfelt questions of things like, you know, what you're struggling with, um, what are the things you want answers to that you don't feel like you can find, um, you know, find your footing with on Facebook. Um, and so, you know, running a business and running a farm is tricky. Mm-hmm. Period. There is a lot of nuances to being an entrepreneur. Um, so, but today we're going to talk about a few of those taboo topics that are like wages, personal wages, um, and farming, farming expenses, mm-hmm. and uh, that really don't ever seem to get like too much attention mm-hmm. uh, to get you the answers that you want for those questions. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think it, it's not really the pretty side of flower farming, and it's not like even why a lot of us got into it into flower farming originally. Um, But I guess through this episode, I really encourage you to like take your growing hat off and put your bad entrepreneur, (laughs) your badass entrepreneur, (laughs) entrepreneur Mm -hmm. hat on because we are, we are entrepreneurs. And I think if you get anything from Lindsay and I, um, it's to really feel encouragement to like step into that role in your business and take it seriously. Mm-hmm. I, and as the, even like early on too, I felt like, okay, I was doing it all and I mm-hmm. needed to do it all. Cause that was mm-hmm. the stage that I was in. And then as I started to grow, it was like, I'm not out cutting every flower. And so I felt like, and still at times I've had this like imposter syndrome mm-hmm. where I'm like, oh my God, um, am I like, you know, people are probably like, oh, you call yourself a farmer. And it's like, well, yeah, but I'm yeah. also like running this business. So there's been, it's like hatch changing, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so yeah, we're taking our grower hat off, but we're really, you're still growing, right? Mm-hmm. Personally, 100%. you're growing a business yes. in a different way. So yeah, really just like think about that when we're kind of going through this episode today. Yeah. So embracing um, it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so one of, we got a lot of questions is a a lot of questions that are shaped around this one question is Mm -hmm. what is considered to be a good salary as a farmer, Mm -hmm. right? I asked that when I started out. Me too. I wanted someone to say, you're going to make X a year. Like I wanted to Google, you know, go in and say like, (laughs) you know, what's a physical, what's an average salary for a physical therapist? You know, like you can't, I wanted somebody to say, what are you going to make? And after running the business for a few years, I realized like, no one can give me that answer except mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are just so many. And the reason for that is, is there are so many outline outline factors that go in there. So including like your, you know, economic demographic, like mm-hmm. where, where do you live? What's your cost of living? What is a living wage for me? Like, you know, what are, what are my personal goals? Uh, my actual expenses. So Uh, I'll just say for myself, um, knowing, you know, I had a full-time job and so Mm -hmm. I had this sort of expectation of like what my salary, what I wanted it to be. Um, and people would say, oh, but it's different when you own your own business. I was like, well, how explain to me how it's different. Um, so I had to really look at my personal expenses. What does it cost me to live? Mm -hmm. Um, which is going to look different than you, Shan, with a family. And, Mm -hmm. um, but what were my things that I was not willing to, to give up on? And so it was like, I still want retirement. Mm -hmm. I want healthcare. Um, I love to travel. I love Mm -hmm. to travel. So that was an absolute for me that that still has to be built into my budget. Um, I buy cowboy boots at an extremely (laughs) high rate in the fall. Um, I, I, let me tell you, I buy expensive denim. 
there's some things that <laughs> I won't negotiate on. Okay. My hairdresser. I yeah. am the snobbiest yeah, I with my okay. Yeah. yeah. So there there's just some things. Like I looked at my lifestyle and said, all right, like these are the things that I need to live. And then it's like I was able to work backwards from that mm-hmm. and say, I have to hit this much in sales. But even even going further into this, um, you know, we um, so I can't tell you what you should or what you will make, mm-hmm. but what I can tell you is that as a business owner, your wages are paid out of net profit. So that is top line revenue, top line, what you made for the entire year minus your expenses equals what you could pay yourself. So a quick example would be $50,000 in sales, $25,000 in expenses. You have $25,000 left over and a funds available to pay yourself. Um, what you do with that, you could roll it back in the business. You could pay yourself out of it. You're paying taxes on that, whether mm-hmm. um, you roll it back into the business or you take it to your personal account. Um, so that was something like for me to understand, I was like, okay, so the bottom line is where I'm focusing, which sounds, some of you may have business backgrounds and you're mm-hmm. like, shit, Lindsay. Um, but I didn't understand it. I mm-hmm. really needed like, where do I fit in this? Like, and then, you know, we're going to talk about cash flow here in just a little mm-hmm. bit, but, um, I didn't understand that simple concept of like, that's where my paycheck comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, and then looking at that bottom number was saying like, I need this to live on. So my bottom line needs to be this and then working my business, you know, backwards from that. Mm-hmm. Is that, does that sound yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, absolutely. I think with everyone is going to be different. Like for us and I think Lindsay too, because we worked full-time jobs while we grew our business, um, that addition, that profit piece went back into our businesses. And we made the choice that we weren't paying ourselves, even though in ways we were, I mean, we were getting assets to our, adding assets to our farm. Um, So it's not like it's just like gone in the wind or anything, but um, so we had to make that choice um, or we were able to make that choice. So did our businesses grow a lot faster because we were able to make the investments to propel our business, maybe compared to somebody who would need to draw a salary and wouldn't have as much money to reinvest. So those are all different things to think about as you are trying to figure out what it's going to take. And for me, like it was, if it was just Judd and I, I say like, Hey, we'd be fine, like eating ramen noodles and like, you know, trying to make it work. Like we really like thrive in like that gritty portion of growing the business. But it's like we had young children, families, we were managing jobs. So a lot of times because we were doing it all at that point, we were paying for conveniences, which took from our bottom line too. So um, I think there's a lot, a lot that goes into it. And I just really think at the end of the day, you need to think about what your non-negotiables are. For us, we need to have health care. We need to have a retirement. We need to have those things. Um, and if you're and it's okay that it changes at different points in your life. Um, so for a long time, we didn't take um, any type of income. And I talked to Lindsay. I mean, we talked to, oh my gosh, we talked so much. I would mm-hmm. be drive. we'd be driving home from our nine to fives <laughs> talking on the phone and be like, what if we just paid ourselves? Like it, for, for me, it was hard to make the transition into like, okay, like I'm paying myself now. 
what does that mm-hmm. look like or what is it what does it look like fair? So I think really figuring out that formula and looking at it is so important and getting in the habit of paying yourself. Cause I would always put myself last and be like, eh, that's okay. I'm good. You know, I'm like, and I remember just sitting in the garage talking to Lindsay and being like, what if I just paid myself like $50 a week? So it felt like something, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> just to get in mm-hmm. the habit of paying ourselves. Cause I'm like, I'm never going to quit my job. I'm never going to do all the things that I want to do if I don't make it a habit to give myself something for all of this. And I think that really like started getting the ball rolling for thinking about what it looks like to pay myself and what it would mean financially to pay myself and what what we really needed it to look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, yeah, I, we've probably talked about this topic 150 <laughs> times oh over God. the years. It was just like dreaming of the how day. How does that work? Yeah. And, <laughs> and you're right. I think the financial, we, I personally, I had a full-time job and that was, I was able to, and intentionally yes. was set with my salary mm-hmm. and wanted to reinvest in the farm to scale in that way. And I, I do think that, um, and I, I share this, I will share this in just a, a minute, but you know, I, um, and I talked about it during the ASCFG conference where my profit margin was really low because I was so freaking busy. I had my head in the sand with my expenses and my solution was just throw money at it. You mm-hmm. know? So I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just buy whatever the thing yes. was to just like solve the problem. And it really took away from my profit margin. And I was like, okay. Okay, when I some we you know when I really sat down and looked at like that's what I can pay myself out of. Holy crap! That's when it was this like eye opening. If I'm going to do this for a living, I mm-hmm. got to get real serious about yeah. looking at um, my budget. So if you're looking at it and you're or you're sitting here like I don't even know how to figure out my bottom yeah. line, that's fine. Mm-hmm. We've got episodes coming up uh, very mm-hmm. soon to help you kind of look at some of those. Um, those numbers and help you kind of get on track with that. But um, looking at like what you're actually making. And I also had a disconnect to Shan where it was like what we're making versus what's in my bank account. Yes. Like there was some like separation there. Um, Yeah. So if you're looking at your um, ways to increase that bottom line for yourself at the end of the year, um, you know, setting financial goals and creating budgets to help me reduce operating cost was Huge. game changer. Mm-hmm. Huge for me. I could, I, I know you do the same thing. Mm-hmm. We both sit down for each area of our business and we create sales goals for the year, realistic mm-hmm. sales goals. And when I always say working backwards, I do the same thing with like, how many bouquets do I need to sell yes. to hit that number? Mm-hmm. Or how many, what, how many customers do I need to have per, you know, per, week at the you pick to make that work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so looking at those, so ways to increase your bottom line is, you know, creating those financial goals, those budgets that really help you focus on creating cost, you know, reducing your operating expenses and increasing the turnover rates. So how many times is a customer buying from you a week, you know, or getting them to buy from you weekly. So increasing mm-hmm. that. Uh, creating more repeat customers. Mm-hmm. I know in the wedding business, this is something that I've heard with florists. It's like, they're one and done. Yeah. Like they get married. I mean, they may not be a one and done. They, <laughs> they may <might> be back. <laughs> may be back. Um, but, you know, it's like, unless you're going to hit them with like, 
baby showers and, you know, those (laughs) things. So it is a more like one-time customer versus like, Mm -hmm. you know, for us, I'm like, how do I get customers back to my U-Pick? Like that's where I'm at at now, you know? Um, So yeah, those are some ways um, selling more, increasing Mm -hmm. productivity, like how much Mm -hmm. you can produce and increasing prices. So when you're looking at like, how do I increase that? um, number, like there's just Mm -hmm. some, some of those specific ways that you can help you get more money in your pocket. Yes. Yeah. I think for us, like just, I know we talk a lot about like making a good customer experience, but a lot of people say, and I do believe this is true, that it's easier to keep a good customer, um, than to constantly be acquiring new ones. So I think if we're only worried about quantity, then maybe our customer service falls behind and then we're not keeping people as much as we want. And I mean, I could talk about this all day with your CSA because customer retention is huge in a CSA um, or running a good profitable one. So I think there's a lot to think about and a lot of it is just like adjusting those little, those like little I don't know. How, what do I, how do I say it? Like those little points in your business, like, okay, like if I increase my customer satisfaction, then I'm going to have my customers come back more often. So I don't have to get as many new leads and you're putting a little less into your marketing and more into your customer service. So I think figuring that out is an important piece. And every year you're going to have, it's going to look different. So, um, based on lessons learned, hard lessons and good ones from the previous year. So flexibility and pivoting is huge. Um, but I think just also like having that awareness of our finances, which I was in the dark a long time, you know, just like doing my taxes at the end of the year and getting my QuickBooks up to date. Um, I was just like, wow, okay, that all happened and I was just busy running the business. So um, I think moving forward, I'm still practicing this in my own business is trying to have like that financial clarity month to month is really important. And then that's going to create so many more like different data points and stuff for you to make decisions moving forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's very common to avoid things Mm -hmm. that seem overwhelming. You know, how many times I I hear people say like, oh, I'm not good with numbers. And, you know, it's just like, I've said, I've said things like that, you know, where Mm -hmm. I am thinking, I don't know, this feels too big to look at. And that not looking at it creates Mm -hmm. anxiety. And Mm -hmm. as soon as I just was like, well, I'm just going to have a set day a week that I do this. I sit down, I look at my numbers. Um, I have a printed, I use QuickBooks. So I have actually a printed budget that I sit down and look at and I check in with it and say like, okay, well, how much have I spent? Where am I under? Where am I over? Mm-hmm. Um, why is that? Um, you know, we had uh, cooler gate 2022. And so I had to buy a new air conditioning unit that I didn't budget for. Mm-hmm. Um, so that put me over, you know, in some of my operating expenses. And so those things, but I'm also under in certain areas. So mm-hmm. when you, when I took my focus and said, Lens, start looking at this, my anxiety went down because mm-hmm. I was like, I just, it was the unknown of that. And it was like learning more about it and getting curious versus like being really hard on myself. Cause I'm telling you, when I was looking at my expenses mm-hmm. and my profit margin was like so low, I'm like, <gasps> okay, yeah. less jeans, less jeans. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So no, I don't, I don't buy jeans through my business. I do not. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, but yeah, we're it just, really it, not doing ourselves any favors by ignoring it. Mm-hmm. 
we're actually like sinking ourselves by ignoring it. Um, So again, I think taking off the grower hat and putting on the entrepreneur hat and making time for that in your business is important. Maybe it means outsourcing it to somebody else. That would be making time for it too. But I guess making sure that constant awareness is there um, is just going to be so beneficial for your business. And that way you have real live data to make decisions. Like I really want to buy this farming implement. Okay. How much how much money do I have to do this and what's going to be the return on that? So constantly analyzing those variables um, is really important. And you're only going to be able to do that clearly as if you have up-to-date and good data. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I just I heard once, well, just recently, that <laughs> entrepreneurs are the only people who quit their 40-hour-a-week jobs to work 80 hours a week. And <laughs> it was this like, Oh my God. It's so true. But there are, there is a piece of this, like, what do we pay ourselves? Mm -hmm. That's the lifestyle component as to why, um, you know, why are we doing this? So I would say, as I encouraged you earlier to get clear on like, what is it that needs that you need to have to live? It's like also getting clear on like, what's your end goal with your business? So like, is it going to just stay a side hustle? which is totally mm-hmm. fine, but mm-hmm. you still want to make money at it, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to be doing this for like no return. That's where burnout happens when you are getting no reward for this like side hustle that mm-hmm. you're doing. I mean, Instagram followers can only get you so far, you know, as far as <laughs> yes. your like hype, your little like hmm. dopamine hit. Yeah. Um, so getting clear on like, is this going to be your full-time gig? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause all of this is still relevant, even if it is. And so, um, but we get a lot of like creative freedom and mm-hmm. we do have flexibility if mm-hmm. we allow ourselves to have that. Um, and sh- you've talked about getting your kids mm-hmm. off the off the, the bus. bus and being yeah. home. Yeah. I think just looking at the cost too. So like for me, it's like, okay, I get the privilege of being home with my kids. Is that a challenge at times? Yeah. Especially when they were little, but I'm not paying for daycare. So maybe that way that I used to look at it was, well, I'm not paying for daycare. So I'm actually, instead of the $1,200 a month I'd be paying daycare, I'm paying myself, which is a weird way looking at it, taking care of your kids. But that's how I looked at it. I'm like, that's how the business is paying, paying me. And I think that's really how I justified the first years when we weren't paying ourselves. I'm like, look at the time that I'm getting with my family because I'm making these decisions. Um, and we were still, I was still working. Um, a lot of it was remote, which was nice. So it was a lot to juggle. I mean, it was, I mean, there was a lot going on there. Um, but I just felt like I was more myself. I was happier when I was working in my own business. Um, and I think you do have to be um, just somebody who wants to chase that that feeling of like personal mm-hmm. fulfillment, the, the, the just like wanting to learn, like being just like thirsty for new knowledge, doing things different, um, I think is just so important. If you're that kind of person, I think entrepreneurship feeds you instead of drains you. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a, you know, a really important thing to think about, you know, when you're starting your business or again, you know, we always talk about, Hey, what lights you up? What are the things that drain the life out of you? Um, and I think in order to be a good entrepreneur, you need to be good at growing and you need to be good at running your business. And those things really do. They're like a handshake and they go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, another thing too that I felt confused about mm-hmm. early on was cash flow versus profit. I had um, someone had told me once, this is sort of when I pulled my head 
out of the sand. Of the sand. Um, <laughs> that's a good way. I pulled it out somewhere else, but it was out of the sand. Um, was that a lack of sales in your business is like cancer, that it will kill you over time. But the lack of cash flow in your business will kill you immediately. And it really stuck with me because it was like, okay, now I, I need to really understand this business side of cash flow versus profit and explaining this to me in a way that I could understand it. That analogy was like, okay, yes, yeah, sales, it's a slow drain. Cash, no cash flow, you're tanked. You have no, if you don't have cash. So, you know, you were just talking about, um, a way of like pay, you know, air quotes, paying yourself by not having that money in your uh, paying for childcare. Um, but you were able to roll that. You were still, I guess I want to be clear that we were still rolling money back into mm -hmm. our business or into a savings mm -hmm. account within our business. It doesn't mean we were draining every bit of cash that was in that business. No. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's like, I guess to be to be clear on that. But um, mm -hmm. that phrase really kind of woke me up to dive into my financials, stop avoiding looking at them. So I didn't understand it, figure it out. Um, so cash flow is just what it sounds like. It's positive and negative money that flows in and out of your business, just the flow of cash. And I think what makes it so important to look at in farming is that we just have these many off-season expenses. Mm -hmm. You know, so sometimes it's like uh, – we always talk about like writing a letter to ourselves in June to say like, it's coming. <laughs> the money's coming. We like, promise. We so promise. It's like, oh my God. Um, you know, and you've got these like, think about it now in, in terms of like ranunculus tulips. Mm -hmm. You've got this big expense now that we're going into fall. And then here in, comes spring. It's it's how many months? You know, it's six months before we mm -hmm. see the income off of that. So looking at cash flow saying like I in the way I do it personally within my business um, I have multiple accounts within my business account um I have multiple I have a savings account within there that I actually will just like put money mm -hmm. into that account because it's like I don't want that to even be in my operating accounts for mm -hmm. me to think that it's my money because it's already spent you know mm -hmm. so I, it's how I it's been the clearest way for myself to be able to have some structure around it, mm -hmm. you know, because in the fall you're like, I'm rich, yeah, you know, wow. and then you're like, <laughs> wait a second. Like, yeah. <laughs> Not. Um, you still have tulips to pay for and peonies and seeds and uh -huh. oh yeah. So all of it. So yeah, mm -hmm. so the cash flow was a um something that I had to really kind of get in those um you and I both read Profit mm -hmm. First, didn't we? Yes, I love Profit First. That's I one of my too. favorite that's books. A, yes, that's a good. Too. That's a good book. Um, and yeah. I still, I mean, for me, uh, we still run our business, our business according to Profit First. So um, it's a really good book. It's a good winner read. Um, but for me, I was having trouble looking at my bank account number and determining like what's what's already been claimed, what do I need to put aside? I'm like, how much money am I actually working with? And the like, the basic profit first philosophy is that you have multiple bank accounts. It's like enveloping, like cash enveloping, um, but with but online with your bank accounts. So um, I have different bank accounts. One is like operating, I have an income account where all my income goes into. Um, and then I make distributions into other accounts based on percentages that 
that change depending on what season of life I'm in and all that. So, um, and I can talk, we can talk, we can probably do a whole episode on profit first. Mm -hmm. Um, that's a, it's really good, but that gave me because, because I had an operating expense account essentially that everything that I pay everything from. Um, I also have a tax account. So I'm already moving that tax money out. So I'm not thinking that the money that's set aside for my sales tax payment um, or any other tax liabilities was money for me to reinvest back into my business. Um, so I think when you're trying to get those those like little envelopes of where things are already accounted for clear is was really important for me because I'm I'm really visual. So me I had to make those like distributions and be like okay, so I this is what I'm paying myself. So I I mean I have a bank account that's operate that's owner expense um owner payroll um that I put money into um and that way I am truly getting a clear picture of what I have to work with and my operating expense. And then that helps me make decisions on what I'm spending my money on. So I was like, well, can't do this because we don't have the money to do it. I'm not stealing, like robbing Peter to pay Paul. Um, and uh, that that that's a very slippery slope um, that terrifies me. I'm, I'm pretty conservative that way. Um, so I really do like to have that all like the money, like payroll for the girls, it all set aside and accounted for. Um, and I think when you could look at all your different um, types of expenses, so labor, seeds, plug, growing supplies, equipment, utilities, um, fuel, um, a lot, all those are operating expenses. Um, and then there's like our COGS, which is like, you know, cost of operating, which would be like bouquet materials, stickers, um, rubber bands, apparel, all, all kinds of stuff to make this all happen. Um, and as our businesses grow, you have to expect that that your expenses will too. It's expensive running big businesses. Um, but always having an eye on that profit margin is going to be really important for you, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I I will say too, when I, I run mine exactly the mm-hmm. same as you. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have so much less anxiety because I know payroll is covered in that. When I set my accounts up like this, um, you know, with where, and what I mean, having separate accounts. So like the taxes go into there, Mm -hmm. you know, into a separate account. I have a savings account for my business. Um, so I also, I, for me, one of my goals was like, I want my business to have six months of expenses. That was a goal of mine. Mm-hmm. That was a kind of a Dave Ramsey, like, yes. you know, where like I want to have a pulse on that. And so that was a goal of mine. And so it's like working to get that up there. But it has reduced my anxiety so much because you are able to make decisions off of that operating mm-hmm. account to say like, this is what I have to spend. And, you know, I also have a pers- personal profit. Shannon, I remember being on the phone with you just saying like, <laughs> I know. let's just do like 1% of our total sales <laughs> yes. that month, roll it into the business account, like yes. into our personal, personal. account, mm-hmm. personal savings that we weren't really, I wasn't even we paying weren't even out. Touching, but when, yeah. <laughs> no, but for me, I could see that as like my money, right? Mm-hmm. It was like sort of this like visual piece for me because I'm so visual as well. And I, when I started this before I was like, this is what I want to pay myself. That was a really good test for me because I wasn't paying myself yet at that point. I would just roll that income into that account 
where mm-hmm. it was like, oh, okay, like it's kind of oh. like a fake, but it was yes. like, <laughs> could I pay it? But I still yes. could have that, you know, yeah. before I started paying myself where it was like, mm-hmm. does this number work? And it would be out of my operating account. It didn't touch my girl's payroll account. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the savings was still where it was at. So all of these like levels of comfort that I needed, but that, that really gate, that structure for me has given me so much less anxiety about my right. business yes. Um, yes. and the cash flow side. Cause I would say you and I are pretty similar on the conservative, mm-hmm. um, conservative side. Cause I, I had nothing to compare it to. I wanted somebody to say like, how much should I have in my checking account? Yeah. You know, what should I have? And it was like, <laughs> yes, nobody can tell you that. No. Like, yes. But I still wanted somebody to tell me. So mm-hmm. it was just like having to figure those things out for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think the profit first principles do put it right in front of you. You know, they do help to create that that visual boundary, you know? So it's like, okay, like if you're taking money out of your owner's pay bank account, you really need to be thinking about this or out of the savings because it's um, it really just makes you think about those different inputs on your farm and expenses um, pretty closely. Um, so it really mm-hmm. is good. That would be if we do do a book club eventually, it would be a really mm-hmm. great book. I think a lot of you would get a lot out of mm-hmm. it. Um, so, yeah, I know. It's just yeah, so that'd be good. Because yeah, I think – oh, I also think too that – that profit first really is like a cash flow mm-hmm. book, yes. you know, really. I mean, mm-hmm. and it also chooses, um, you know, this kind of segues, watch how smooth this transition is, Shannon, okay? <laughs> um, somebody's asked us about uh, what it costs to run a farm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you were just talking about how like, and you and I have shared that we funded our business. Like I am, I kind of have a little bit of debt aversion, mm-hmm. Um And so, but I do know, you know, a friend of mine wants to have a really large farming operation and within a five-year goal. So they borrowed a ton Mm -hmm. of money because they wanted to pay their salary. Um, You know, lots of zeros on what got borrowed for (laughs) equipment and land and infrastructure and things, their salaries out of it Mm -hmm. with a really big goal in mind in the end. Mm -hmm. And I have no doubt that they will hit it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a very different business ap- approach than how we started out, you know? Mm-hmm. So like when everybody says, well, what's it cost to start up a farm? I, I used my personal savings. I mean, yeah, I literally me was too. so, uh, you know, I was like bare bones, but I was really focused on like everything I made just going back in because I mm-hmm. wanted to buy a cooler first mm-hmm. year, you know, yes. or second year, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And so like that was a big expense and I didn't want to borrow money. Mm-hmm. Um, not putting stuff on credit cards was really important to mm-hmm. me in the beginning, yeah. you know, and so um, to kind of get those healthy, those mm-hmm. healthy habits going. But yeah, yeah. so just cash flow, all of that really depends on like multiple layers. That's why we can't just give you a, um, you know, a pill that just like is the answer or a you know, that covers it all for everybody. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I think, just, I think we gave him a lot to think about. What do you I think? Know. I know. Tur- it's we'll a turn lot. off the fire hose. Think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I Don't mean, drown. Even, just, <laughs> even going through this conversation just like makes me think about my own business still. Um, so I think no matter what level you're at, I, we need to be thinking and considering these things there at no point should you just be like, 
you know, head in the sand, not even looking at any of any your business finances. It's so important. And I wish that when I first started, I would have put more importance on being the leader in my business and having and really treating it that way. Um, Because when we had our own salaries, we got to just invest it um, right back into the business. So I wasn't really forced to until I really got clear on what I wanted from the business as far as a paycheck. I'm like, okay, like I really, I want to do this for life. So how do I make this sustainable, make it work? Um, so yeah, it's a lot. It is. Yeah. It's a lot. We'll turn the fire so hose, fire hose off. <laughs> yeah. Just, just want to keep, go back, listen to it a couple times, yes. you know, like let it, don't get overwhelmed with it. Just take yeah. like, one thing that you what what stood out to you the most when you heard this episode you know was it just mm-hmm. like trying to understand ways to increase your bottom line you know go back and listen mm-hmm. to that piece and say like that's what i'm going to focus on or that's where i'm mm-hmm. going to set goals in for next year um cuz that's how we've done it you know goals yep. setting goals and having more clarity and understanding and getting education and um getting those answers for ourselves uh and taking what works and leave what doesn't so mm-hmm. I hope you yeah. uh, were sparked by some of that. I know. I know. I like, okay. F- yeah. I mean, fine. You can put your grower hat back on now. <laughs> yeah. I know all <laughs> of you hate it. Is. <laughs> <laughs> Go take your dahlias. Uh, all right, guys. If you listened to this episode and really loved it, would you go over to at Dirt on Flowers on Instagram and leave us some comments? Um, we really like hearing what you have to say. And if we miss something, you know, let us know. You know, we really make a lot of decisions about what we're going to talk about um, based on all of your feedback. And really, we appreciate it so much because this show is for you all. We want it to be, we want to serve you. And I think that's our main goal. So, um, all right. If you have a friend or another farmer who needs some inspo, send them our way. We would love it if you share our podcast. It's such an amazing compliment. Um, and we always appreciate it so much. Whenever I see it, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so sweet. I'm always loving it <laughs> when we get to see those things. Um, so we appreciate you tagging us on Instagram, sending us emails, comments, messages. It's literally so fun. You guys have been my highlight to the season for sure. Um, It's just been a lot of fun to do this with Lindsay and you all. So, all right, guys, thank you so much for listening in. Uh, We'll see you at the same time, same place next week. 